3: Now there's a lot of other things uh, happening of course, especially with the day that was in it uh, yesterday, an incredible day uh, politically, uh, when so much happened across at parliament and... This idea of a, a discussion for the best part of it must be on and off for 20 years uh, on same sex marriage seemed to go through in about 20 minutes at Parliament. I want to speak to uh, David Smith, who's uh, very much uh, associated with the Evangelical Alliance, and they've been lobbying against moves on same sex marriage and abortion. Uh, David, good morning. Good morning. morning. David, a major setback for, for you and the Evangelical Alliance for other pro-life and anti-abortion uh, campaigners, for people who believe uh, marriage is for a man and a woman only. There's been much debate, much discussion. And then Parliament uh, passing this ruling that the 21st of October, if indeed the Assembly's not back up and running, um, you've lost the argument. As I understand
4: and for many people, yesterday represents a day of celebration uh, and, and same sex marriage is such a central issue because it goes right to the heart of things that we all care really deeply about, our identity, our relationships and our core beliefs. But we do, we have, we have two concerns about what happened yesterday. One is around the process of how uh, the move was made and the other is around the more substantive issues themselves. Uh, the, the process, we we have concerns that it sets a problematic precedent around uh, circumventing devolution for Northern Ireland in future but also for Wales and for Scotland. These are the most sensitive, probably political, moral social issues. They're really complex and tagging them onto uh, a bill and sort of railroading them through is not the best way to deal with these issues. But would you have no, been equally we're...
3: vocal, David, if there had have been if there had have been amendments that ensured that same sex marriage didn't come to Northern Ireland or abortion didn't ever come to Northern Ireland? Would you would you be objecting?
4: I I think in terms of process, I think it's a fair question. I think in terms of process, we would still have an issue. We do think as devolved issues, these issues should be decided um, as far as possible in Northern Ireland. On the substantive issue, we may have agreed with the outcome more, but um, I I need to be consistent and I do think that um, we we do have an objection to the process and that that stands. Um, But We do um, object to the the policy as well. These are complex policy issues. There's lots of different personal opinions about these, but the role of legislators is to make a policy decision for the good of everyone in society. Uh, And we have... um you know concerns around obviously abortion, the protection of both women and their unborn children. We think is a good value, and the protection of marriage as a, a unique relationship, while still giving equality and justice to those um, who
3: are LGBT. In relation to the Evangelical Alliance and abortion, uh, where where are you with regards to, for example, the, the Catholic Church? Are you all hand in hand on the abortion issue? We work really closely
4: with the Catholic Church, and we're uh, really happy to do so. We work. There's a great network right across denominations, and those of, of no faith as well, who simply think that whenever human rights are being used to end unwanted human lives, that that's the complete opposite as to why and how they came came to be formed. We also would object to this idea that progress and freedom and equality for women um, should be measured. Um, The litmus test for that or the measure stick of progress should be their ability to end the lives of their unborn children. There are very difficult, sensitive issues around this. We, We think the abortion law in Northern Ireland Uh, strikes a very difficult, a very delicate balance which tries as far as possible to hold both lives together but which does allow for abortion in in much more limited circumstances but which does allow for abortion in very difficult uh, discretionary circumstances.
3: But you don't, and this was one of the slogans certainly in the Republic of Ireland whenever the referendum vote was to the fore and in the news you're not prepared to trust women on it.
4: I think I think the sound bites in this uh, in these debates, both of them actually aren't helpful. Um, trusting women. I mean, we all trust women. I'm I'm uh, I have a wife. I have a daughter. I, I I love them. I trust them. I want the best for them. Um, but, you know, the question is, should anyone have the choice to end the life of an unborn human being? And we're not just, let's, let's just be clear, the debate yesterday, um, there, there is uncertainty around exactly what it means around the abortion law. But what is being driven here is not just changes in abortion in Northern Ireland in the very difficult hard cases involving a a baby who may not survive birth or sexual crime. What is being proposed here is full decriminalisation of abortion, Uh, and it's not clear what the regulations would be. And we haven't heard from groups like Amnesty or like others who who were pushing these changes about where they would draw any lines. Would they um, make sure that any legislation protected baby girls from being aborted simply because the couple wanted a boy in in their culture? Would they protect babies with Down syndrome um, or other uh, disabilities from being aborted or would we go the same way as England and Wales? Would they allow abortion for every and any reason up to birth um, or would they put time limits in place? um, And would there be any meaningful protection? the unborn child if that law was broken? And those are some of the real serious questions that we have and hopefully that people have, even if they identify as pro-choice, most people draw a line somewhere, most people get very uncomfortable with abortion at some point because
3: we all know what it is. There are many questions that need to be asked and answered around it, but do you give consideration to the woman of whatever age, very often a young woman, who finds herself pregnant because She has had maybe one night of passion, she's been out drinking, she's just decided to let herself go and she realises, oh my goodness, I'm pregnant, this is going to impact on everything that I am doing. This is life changing and she has the option of an abortion and at the moment that abortion she has to travel to England to secure the Abortion? Do, do you not see the dilemma that she would be in as a young woman with that life-changing consequence as a result of that night that she spent with a male? Do, does she not have the right to correct it in as quick a time as possible in order to get her life back on track?
4: Well, I think what you've done there, uh, Frank, there's a lot of assumptions around that and people get pregnant for all sorts of reasons. So, uh, But I think what's happened there is abortion, uh, the the baby, the pregnancy is presented as the problem, as an impediment to this woman's life uh, and the dreams that she might have for herself. And abortion um, is being presented as the quick, um, easy solution there. And maybe not easy, but the quick solution to it. And we don't want to frame it in that way. Um, if we, if we f- picture women, a woman against her unborn child, that just leads us into a tug of war, a culture war, um, where women only win if unborn children lose protection, or unborn children only win if women lose their rights. What we'd like to do is reframe this um, more closely to what we already do in Northern Ireland, where women and children um, are are bound in pregnancy together and they flourish together whenever both are protected as far as possible. And I think... Yes, uh, but women can accept that,
3: David. Women can accept your argument on it. Many, many women choose to do exactly what you're describing there. But should she not have the option to make a decision for her own body and her own mind, her herself should she not have the option no one's insisting on her having an abortion should she not have the option here in northern ireland well what what that
4: essentially does is say that an unborn human being is only worth what it's worth to its mother that it has no collective value as a society that we place no collective value or protection on unborn children unless they are valued by their uh, their mother, and what we all know from the children in our lives—I'm sure we all know some pregnant people, listeners, that are uh, pregnant women—at um, the moment, we know that that is, is a baby that that will one day be a child or a grandchild or a cousin. Uh, and what we are, are doing is is basically decompartmentalizing. Uh, people were saying people really, really matter, and we should give them rights and protections. But actually, no. Some people don't matter just yet because um, because of their stage of development, their stage of life, and, and we're we're concerned about where that leads us to society. There are really difficult situations, but we, we're not convinced that abortion actually deals with the systemic issues that lead a woman to believe it's her best choice. Maybe it's poverty, maybe it's uh, work or education or aspirations. And what we are saying is we need a better vision for society where women can thrive in and through pregnancy um, without seeing abortion as a solution.
3: The other issue is equal marriage. There may be some debate, some discussion, and some clarity needed as to where we're going on abortion, but it's crystal clear, same-sex marriage. If they don't get it together up at Stormont by the 21st of October, same-sex marriage is permissible and will be part of legislation in Northern Ireland almost at the stroke of a, a pen. How does the Evangelical Alliance accept that?
4: Well listen, we um, accept that there has been five debates in Stormont when it was sitting. The first four, same-sex marriage was rejected and on the fifth time it passed but it didn't come into law well because of a petition of concern. So we, we recognise again on a procedural point, so processing substance, so on the procedural point, we think this decision should be made in Northern Ireland. We recognise that the opinion polls show that uh, we may be in a minority around marriage. Again, though, this is about a policy issue. This is about deciding not about personal preference, but what is best for for everyone in society. And we're concerned that, again, as you mentioned, the the trust women sort of phrasing the equal marriage, uh, immediately in that little hashtag or that little phrase, equal marriage, marriage is being presented as an inequality which needs to be corrected and yet for millennia marriage has been the foundation of society and we're, we're concerned that um, what is happening here is a conflation of marriage sexuality and equality we want to see people um who are lgbt um, protected in law treated fairly justly but we don't want to see marriage redefined we don't think that actually leads to the flourishing of our society
3: Simply because you believe it's only for a man and a woman, but two women who want to marry, who want to express their love for each other, or two men who want to do similar, they're not going to get any encouragement from the Evangelical Alliance because you don't see them as equal.
4: Uh, No, we do see them as equal, absolutely, and I want to be really clear in that. I want to be really clear against standing against homophobia and prejudice and uh, diminishing anyone on the grounds of their sexual orientation. But we don't see.
0: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it.
4: Of course, we're, we're pro-equality, but equality does not mean that we redefine marriage. So, of course, people are free to express their love and commitment to each other um, in, in lots of different ways. They're free to express um, that in, uh, as a civil partnership as well. And that's a relationship that the state owns and controls and has invented civil partnerships. The state does not own marriage, the the church does not own marriage. It is a a common convention that we have across cultures, across time and place. And it seems like, you know, we're hearing things like being on the wrong side of history and things. Throughout the last 10,000 years, marriage has consistently been between a man and a woman. Yes, it has changed in some ways. But we've seen a push in the last 10, 15 years for same sex marriage in Western um, industrialized countries. Um, and so it's a very modern concept that many cultures and many people across the world simply just don't recognise as an inequality and don't, don't see it in that way.
3: They don't see it as discrimination?
4: No, they want to see, well, I'll speak for ourselves, we want to see people protected, people treated fairly, justly, uh, no discrimination. But we don't believe that redefining marriage for everyone in our community is the way to do that. Marriage binds a man and a woman with any potential children that they may have. It, it binds generations together, it binds families together, and the male-female relationship is, is unique. I'm not saying it is um, better, but I'm saying that it is unique. Um, and we believe it's obviously um, given by God for the flourishing and the procreation, for the, the good of society. And marriage blesses people who aren't married. Um, we've all been blessed by people's marriages, um, even if we're not married ourselves. Um, marriage is a social good. And just because a man and a woman can get married doesn't mean that that's an inequality for everyone else. It doesn't diminish the love that other people have for each other.
3: Okay. Uh, crystal clear as to where the Evangelical Alliance uh, stand on both the issues. Uh, great clarity. David Smith, thank you uh, very much indeed. Your opinions on what David's saying. Very welcome. three one zero five. Michael has a quick point he wants to make. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Frank. I hope you keep keeping well. Very, very good. Very good.
5: Good, good. I'm glad to hear it, um, Frank. Um, I, I, I lobby for men's rights and male sort of survivors of domestic violence, sexual violence, and whatnot. And I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering. Is there any uh, piece of this legislation that has been pushed past? Well, sort of pushed past Westminster that protects the father's rights? Um, My issue would be, yes, I understand completely a woman should have control of her body. I understand that. I'm the first to sign up to that. But if a man and woman are together or husband and wife and the woman takes a decision to abort a child, maybe, you with any number of reasons, legally standing and legislatively standing, where does the rights of the father stand? That's it seems to be overshadowed slightly.
3: Well, it is a question that certainly will be to the fore as it uh, is revealed what exactly the legislation is going to be in the future. And how difficult is it for a father who finds himself in a position where he's in a relationship with a woman and she decides to abort the child, but he wants the child? What sort of an issue is that for the father? Have you ever been through that? Feel free uh, to let us know. Uh, Michael, it's irrelevant. Fine. I want to speak to Gronya Taggart from Amnesty International. Gronya, good morning. Good morning, uh, Gronya. Going by the developments yesterday at Parliament, today is a bad day in Northern Ireland for the unborn child.
5: Well, today is a great day and yesterday was a hugely significant and landmark moment in the fight for equality for both women who have been harmed by Northern Ireland's very restrictive abortion laws and same-sex couples who had been denied the right to marry the person they love. Uh, We have, of course, been isolated as the only part of the UK and Ireland without these rights. So it is absolutely right that Westminster took the action it did yesterday.
3: Still a bad day for the unborn child.
5: It is a good day for the many women up to 20 per week who are travelling for abortion services because they're having their health care denied to them here. It is a good day for those women who are in domestic abuse situations and are unable to travel to access this health care. And of course it's a good day for those women who have been prosecuted and women who per- go online, purchase abortion pills and face the um, risk, I should say, prosecution. So it is a good day that reform will finally be delivered. Of course, our preference had always been that a devolved government would deliver the change that people here so desperately need and want. But in the absence of devolved government, two and a half years in, it is right that Westminster ha- has taken these steps. And of course, even if we did have devolved government, d- devolution has never relieved Westminster of their responsibilities to the citizens here. They are ultimately responsible to ensure that rights are upheld.
3: Stella Creasy the MP brought this to the floor on the back of human rights and Amnesty International fight worldwide for human rights but does the unborn child have no human rights?
5: Well, the right to life has never extended prenatally, and the United Nations, and indeed a very recent inquiry at Westminster from the Women Inequalities Committee, has pointed out quite clearly that, and the Supreme Court I should add, in June 2018 have pointed out that the laws in Northern Ireland are in need of radical reconsideration, that that must include in the case of what the UN and CEDAW have called for, the decriminalisation of abortion, so that women are no longer treated as criminals, and that abortion is regulated as a healthcare Uh, as healthcare in the same way that any other form of healthcare would be
3: But an unborn child is protected in law if a pregnant woman was attacked and an unborn child died you could go to jail
5: Well, what we have here in our laws is, of course, amongst the most restrictive abortion laws in the world. They also carry the harsh criminal penalties in the whole of Europe. That is not something for us to be proud of. That grim distinction should have been a wake-up call to our own politicians long ago. Of course, also in circumstances where there's a fatal diagnosis with the fetus, where there's no prospect of viability outside the womb, that, of course, is not what's currently reflected in our existing law. So we have had brave women like Sarah Yurt, who alongside Amnesty has been fighting through the courts for change because she'd been let down by our government who hadn't yet delivered change. So we are not there yet, obviously, in terms of securing this change in law, but we're certainly on the right path.
3: Stella Creasy What did she achieve yesterday? Because there seems to be clarity with the same-sex marriage issue come the 21st of October, but there's still a greyness surrounding what exactly Stella Creasy would have achieved.
5: So the amendment yesterday basically means that the UK government now has to legislate in line with what the committee who oversee the Convention on the Elimination of Discrimination Against Women have called for. That is decriminalisation of abortion. So abortion being taken out of the criminal justice system and regulated as healthcare. It's also um, access to abortion in in cases where there's a risk to a woman's health, where a pregnancy is a result of sexual crime such as rape or incest, and also where there's a fatal diagnosis with the fetus. So it is incumbent now upon government to put together the legislation that the will of Parliament yesterday has expressed they want to see and deliver that in the time frame prescribed.
3: How relevant is the 21st of October to this?
5: Very. I mean, in the same way with the the equal marriage amendment that has passed, if we don't have devolved government by the 21st of October, then this amendment takes effect.
3: And with regards to... Same-sex marriage, marriage equality. Where are you on that issue? That seems to be very clear. That if we don't have the assembly by the twenty-first of October here in Northern Ireland, this will with a, it'll be voted through with a. a, a it goes through the procedure, That's but right. it, but it won't be blocked.
5: No, for both what we will see is secondary legislation so that applies to both of those issues and yes the 21st of October is the deadline if we don't obviously have restoration of the institutions and therefore respectful of devolution then Westminster will take um, these steps. That's very important because what it tells us is that Parliament and government recognise in the case of abortion the very grave harm that is caused to women here by our laws. For even for those who are anti choice they are of course entitled to hold those views but where we draw the line is where that should dictate the access of others and the fact is that in 2018 1,053 women travelled for these services that countless others are going online and purchasing abortion pills and risking prosecution in doing so. So change has to come and we're delighted that as of yesterday and the votes on both issues that change now will come.
3: And the same-sex marriage, this is something that has significant support in Northern Ireland. You could argue 80% of the people are now prepared for same-sex marriage in Northern Ireland. Many people would argue against that, but that, that, there, there are stats that suggest that the number of people in favour of legislation for abortion in Northern Ireland is much, much lower than that.
5: Oh, well, no, actually, it's not much lower. Um, our most recent polls, which were independently carried out, point to three quarters of the Northern Ireland and UK public wanting to see change of Northern Ireland's laws and for Westminster to act on that. That includes the decriminalisation of abortion, which was part of the amendment that was passed there yesterday. So, uh, and just on your point on equal marriage, yes, a very strong majority, like abortion, want to see that change happen. And it is we. It is a good day, the same-sex couples here, will finally have the rights afforded to them as their counterparts in the rest of the UK and Ireland. We have been isolated without these rights and it is uh, it is a very positive move and a great step forward that the UK government will deliver our equality.
3: Would you not agree that the majority of people in Northern Ireland now do want same-sex marriage, but the majority of people in Northern Ireland do not want abortion on demand? There may be a significant number of people in Northern Ireland who are in favour of abortion in terms of fatal-fatal abnormality or as a result of a sexual crime, but the majority still do not want abortion on demand as it is in England.
5: I mean I don't understand that term abortion on demand. No woman demands an abortion. No woman will have an abortion and take the decision lightly. Women will obviously do that through much consideration and dependent on what is right in their own individual circumstances. I've outlined what the amendment there yesterday means. It will mean that we're no longer hauling women through the courts and treating them as criminals. It will mean that where there's a risk to the woman's health and where there is a fatal diagnosis with the fetus and sexual crime that we will finally have access. We have a near total ban on abortion in Northern Ireland and change is long overdue because as I've mentioned there's grave harm being caused by our laws here. Now the Northern Ireland public are very clear that they support this change. There have been consistent polls not just by us but also if we refer to the Northern Ireland Life and Time Survey. All points to the Northern Ireland public favouring change on this issue. So it is right, as I've mentioned, that the UK government deliver the will of the people here in the absence of devolved government.
3: Okay, Grania Target from Amnesty International. Uh, thank you.
2: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen. That's O-S-E-A, Malibu.com, code GLOW. Thank
3: you very much.